0: Support for KQED podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest.
1: From KQED.
2: I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted Earlier this month, the pandemic-era policy known as Title 42 expired. And cities and organizations in the Bay Area have been preparing to welcome migrants who've been waiting to enter the U.S. Before Title 42, people who arrived at the border apply for asylum and wait in the U.S. while their applications were being processed. But in March of 2020, then-President Donald Trump changed all that. He issued Title 42 as a public health emergency measure, allowing the U.S. to turn people back and denying their right to seek asylum. The Trump administration said this was a way of preventing the spread of COVID. And while that was the official explanation, It was in line with Trump's plans to limit immigration into the U.S. The policy was continued under the Biden administration. And the result was drastic. Thousands of people fleeing violence in their home countries were forced to wait across the border in Mexico or back in the countries they fled as the U.S. nearly halted the processing of asylum applications for more than three years. Now that the policy has lifted, the Biden administration has put in new rules to try and deter people from entering the U.S. But it hasn't stopped those escaping extreme violence in their home countries with hopes for a better future. And some have their eyes on places like the Bay Area, where local governments and organizations are waiting to welcome migrants with
1: open arms. You won't find a more welcoming community than San Jose and Santa Clara County. Today, what one organization
2: in East San Jose is already doing to help migrants who've waited months, if not years, to land in a place like the Bay Area. Stay with us.
1: My name is uh, Maritza Maldonado, founder and executive director of Amigos de Guadalupe Center for Justice and Empowerment. My family's from the northern part of Mexico and immigrated to the United States. My father was sponsored and then brought my mother and my two eldest sisters to the United States.
2: Your family landed in East San Jose. Can you tell me about? your community who lives there.
1: It's been a community that has seen migrants since my parents immigrated here in the 50s. This place has been called home for every type of Latin American families. It continues to be, um, and a growing number of Asian families, Filipino and also Vietnamese. a place where families don't have to assimilate uh, right away. Mm -hmm. They don't have to learn English. Um, They can find food that's familiar to them. Their neighbors look like them and also are willing to extend a helping hand because they themselves have been in that place. It seems like
2: East San Jose has still really been seen as a safe landing place for many, especially new immigrants, how common is it for new migrants to come to East San Jose?
1: So it's been very common. As someone who recently came through our doors, um, pulled out a little paper with our name on it and our address, and he had gotten it at the border and said, Allí les van a ayudar. They'll help you here. Go there. Very proud of that, that that someone uh, along the way, you know, recognized that. And also knowing that Amigos, a small, small nonprofit that uh, has been in service to and for community over the years, can't do it alone. With uh, lifting the lifting of Title 42 being able to have a place where people can come and, and seek out uh, attorneys. So we have attorneys on hand to make sure that people know what their court date is and, and so forth. Asylum seekers, refugees, immigrants, it's the reality of, of the work that we do here in East San Jose.
2: So Maritza, I wanna ask you about some of the national news about immigration and how that affects you in San Jose. Title 42 has expired. This was a border policy put in place at the start of the pandemic that allowed the U.S. to expel migrants without the chance to request
1: asylum. How do you feel about that policy ending? It was something that our country has always done is welcome the stranger, that they can come to our borders and that they may not get to become residents or even citizens, but that I can say, look, we heard lots of different types of stories, like, you know, we saw our family members murdered or beheaded, and and literally people showing you the picture of the head of their loved one and we hear lots of stories like that and that this continue has to continue to be a place of welcoming for for those throughout the nation
2: i saw a press conference last week with local and county officials and local organizations like yours about preparing for the possible arrival of migrants with the end of Title 42 to places like East San Jose and and Santa Clara County. What exactly is happening to prepare for that?
1: So we work with five different agencies. We're called the CSIP Weather Collector. We have Vegelution that can provide food, um, organic farm. We have Grail Family Services that can provide childcare. We have Somos Mayfair that can provide leadership development for folks and, and navigation services. Uh, the School of Arts and Culture that can provide some summer camp for our folks. I think all of us working together to come up with a plan and then um, understanding that uh, we wrote out a plan, send out an email to both the city and the county saying, what are we doing to prepare for this and how should we prepare? And we're also part of the Rapid Response Network that also has other organizations that partner with us that have attorney activation, we have accompaniment, we have observers, we have dispatchers. And that has been a trusted number throughout the community. And so we thought, why reinvent the wheel? So that number, if called, will activate all of the services. So there's a lot of services that go along with that making that one uh, phone call. And I must say, having seen 20 people in our office um, the past two days, Mm. the level of cultural competency, the compassion, the empathy, the love that our staff has shown these families of welcoming has been something that, as a founder of this organization, just very, very proud of our team.
2: And those 20 people, are those folks who have been able to make it to East San Jose as a result of the lifting of Title 42?
1: All of them, yes. Uh, And uh, we saw our first Haitian family for the first time, which is also interesting for us. And important to know that the lifting of 42 is not only a Latin American issue, but a world issue.
2: Well, can you tell me, Maritza, about those those folks who have showed up to your doorstep? What are the needs?
1: The needs are great. The needs could be overwhelming for a small organization like ours. The biggest need is housing. So we, we need to stabilize the family first and foremost. So being able to a level of, of support in housing and being able to get them stabilized first, take a shower in some cases, and a bed to lay their head on, and then having our case managers come over in the morning to then having a hot meal and, and so forth. Mental health support is something else that, we, that families need. A child heard that his father actually drowned crossing Hmm. and having a very angry kid here um, and being able to provide the level of support that he might need at least temporarily before we could get him long-term mental health support. So needs are many.
2: What about for San Jose? What do you think the city and uh, your community and even the state should do to prepare to welcome more migrants here.
1: It's incumbent on all of us, every every municipality from our city, county, and state, to really start thinking through uh, what we need to do. If Hochul in in New York created uh, an emergency crisis response uh, for thirty days and asked uh, the federal government for money, and she received $32 million to support uh, the immigrants, so I also ask our governor to look at creating a crisis response at least for 30 days and appeal for some of that uh, money that needs mm-hmm. to be coming back to our municipality, local municipalities.
2: I do wonder and I'm curious about just what you make of how people have been talking about the end of Title 42, you know, this idea that there's going to be a wave or an influx of border crossings happening. Uh, What do you make of that versus the reality that I guess you're maybe seeing on the ground?
1: I think everyone presses a panic button. Uh, I think everyone, including us sometimes, uh, thinking through, you know, Always planning. What I think it's important to mention is that we are working with a broken system. We've had 11 million brothers and sisters in this country that have uh, waited in line patiently for immigration reform. And we have failed time and time and time and time again. That's a lifelong Democrat. Our party is also responsible. We're working with a broken system, and that needs to be fixed. And we wouldn't have to be dealing with Title 42 right now had the system not been enacted for immigration reform. We keep putting Band-Aids, and no one is talking about real systems change that needs to happen.
2: Well, Maritza, it was such a pleasure Talking with you. Thank you so much
1: for joining us. Thank you for having me.
2: That was Maritza Maldonado, founder and executive director of Amigos de Guadalupe in East San Jose. This 30-minute conversation with Maritza was pitched by me. It was cut down and edited by producer Maria Esquinca. Alan Montecilio is our senior editor. He scored this episode and added all the tape. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.